Hey, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm Milan. I'm Sam. This is episode three of Perfect Politics. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, too. It's been, I think, like two weeks since you recorded last, so um, I've been hungry to get into the news, you know? Yeah, we won't miss a week because we're diligent. Yeah. But we haven't done this in a few weeks. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks, yeah. So um, it, was good to, it was good to dive back into the, the news cycle. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> See what's going on. See what's going on, yeah. Check in on the our great nation. Yes. Our great planet. Our great planet. Um, international journalism podcast. When I go onto the news websites, I don't know what you do, but like when I go onto the news websites, I I go to world. Yeah. I don't think of the US as being Mm-mm. like the only, you know, center of news. This is borderless journalism. <laughs> These are uh, reporters without borders. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good that's actually better than that's doctors. Good. That's good. Reporters without borders. Reporters without borders. We spent so far our labor has been putting up these foam uh squares on the wall yeah, to make I'm, the sound good. I'm excited to see if they have any effect on I don't I know think, if they they'll make us funnier, you know. They can't hurt. Yeah. And I think that they're probably going to fall throughout the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And Which, that's pretty that's funny. funny. That's at least funny. Yeah. So we got that going on. Uh, we watch a movie every week, and we know that there was a Republican debate last night. Yeah. Uh, w- instead, we watched Gran Torino. That's what we did instead that's what, of watching I thought the that's debates. What we, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, much more productive, I think. Much more productive. I think we learned more than someone who did watch the Republican debates. I do think that because you really get into the mind of what a Republican is by watching that movie. Um so if you haven't seen the movie or, or listened to the podcast before, the reason that we watch movies is uh, because, you know, there's a lot of garbage in the news cycle. There's a lot of noise. The election, and the only way to learn about the present and the future is mm-hmm. to go into the past. So we've been watching movies from, uh, I think we started in 2005, uh-huh. and we're basically working our way up to 2023. So this movie was from 2008. That's right. right. Okay. Um, and if you don't know what Gran Torino is about, it's about this Korean War veteran in Michigan, in the suburbs of Michigan, and he just lost his wife. And he lives in a neighborhood that used to be Polish, but a lot of diversity has moved into his neighborhood. Uh-huh. There's apparently every race has moved He's in. the last white guy. He's the last white guy. Um, there's black people, there's Latinos, and specifically there's a lot of Hmong people that That's have right. moved into his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first he hates them, but the movie is about him kind of accepting them and being accepted into their community and kind of ruining their community. Yeah. He, I want to say he grows as a person. Yeah. But he certainly says as many slurs at the end of the movie as he says at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, truly every sentence. Call me uh, new school, but it's tough to Call just, you a snowflake. Call me a snowflake, but it's tough to watch a movie with so many slurs. Yeah. We both liked this movie when we first saw it, right? It came out in 2008. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny. It and, was uh, funny. I thought it was like heartwarming, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of friends who are Asian who we all kind of liked the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and then you watch it again years later and you're like you're like this movie is bad it's bad and it's weird it's just too weird i I think that um in 2008 the anti-asian slurs that were a lot like could go over my brain and not make me feel bad it was way different than right now yeah uh yeah it's um really hard to watch this movie it's a simple movie about life and death but truly Every every slur he could think of to call Asian people and black people. It's a movie people. about slurs. Yeah. And what's upsetting about it is not only is he current calling all these people uh, slurs, they like him. Everybody likes. Everybody him. likes him. He's yeah. like he's pointing a gun in everyone's face and calling them a slur, and that like wins their respect. This movie is basically Clint Eastwood's fantasy. That's right. Right. This mm-hmm. is this movie is in the fantasy genre. It belongs next to if it was in blockbuster, it would be next to The Hobbit uh-huh. and Never Ending Story. <laughs> That's exactly where it would uh-huh. fit into. An old white man's fantasy of being a Jesus-like figure but kind of maintaining his alcoholism 
and uh, maintaining his his racism. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there's some. It's it's really. I don't know. Like the thing about this movie is that it is so weird because because it's his fantasy of how people would treat him. Yeah. In this community. Right. Uh. So a lot of the dialogue just ends up sounding like video game dialogue. Mm-hmm. So like he's in the car with like this younger <laughs> Asian girl. And he's just like saying some racist stuff, like I guess like semi jokingly, but also like that's just who he is, you right. know. And I don't, I don't even remember a line that he said, but he's like, yeah, yeah, you guys, uh, you, you eat dogs, don't you? And she'll just be like, haha, you're funny, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is like Grand Theft Auto Four. Like there's a scene in a car where she's like, ha ha ha, you're funny, and then it cuts to the next like thing that he's just doing. Yeah, she brings him to like a, a function. He lives next door. We're dropping foam squares like flies in yeah, this room. Yeah, these foam squares are all around the room, and they're just like toppling. It's over. raining foam in this room. Yeah. Uh, phone party, some might say. Um, this is our phone party. This is our phone party. This is our fraternity phone party, <laughs> where it's just like sound panels. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Great, you don't know which one's gonna drop next. It could be that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he lives next door. He goes to this party, and he's the guest of like this twenty-year-old girl who he's like racist towards, but she like likes him. She likes it, him it, for some reason, it, and the, and the, wants to have sex with him in his mind. Everybody's probably. like. Like flirting with them. <laughs> she brings him down into this basement where all the teenagers are hanging out and he like leans up against a wall to like look cool. It's yeah. like 80 year old Clint Eastwood's like trying to look cool. And uh, the one there's like one cute girl in this room who like walks up to him and he has like a cool conversation with her. It's so funny. She walks up to him. She's, she's, she's like in this movie, 16 years old, probably. Uh-huh. Right. He's a hundred. <laughs> she walks up to him and she's like, so my friends were wondering like what you're doing down here and then he's like uh, and he's drunk yeah. he's what, drunk what he's, I, he's drunk in every scene that's another thing that i don't think clicked with me in 2008 was how deeply drunk he is yeah. in every scene and like his life kind of looks idyllic he's got a well manicured house he's lived a full life he's got he had a family he lost his wife but she, he's old like you know yeah. that that happens mm-hmm. at that age it's not like it was some tragedy of uh, mm-hmm. sickness or like that he lost her too early he never mentions that he misses his wife <laughs> that's the so true first scene of the movie is like his wife it's his wife's funeral and his his grandkids show up and like one of them's in a football jersey yeah like levels of disrespect that don't exist i don't know why his fantasy is that his grandkids are so fucking shitty it's this old man fantasy it's basically this old man fantasy is like yeah you know and back in my day we had respect for each other like yeah sure i'd call my my friend a dago but at the end of the day i had his back you know <laughs> i would never wear a a bills jersey <laughs> to you notice how <laughs> you notice how nobody ever calls him a slur in the movie not really i mean there's like one time somebody says like a polish thing to him yeah. but it's it's literally it's a, once and it's another white guy and it's another white guy yeah like what if one of the Hmong people was like what's up cracker and he was like damn what hey what yeah. the fuck <laughs> you can't that's rude yeah you guys are racist <laughs> i don't like the racism in this community <laughs> um um so yeah at the beginning uh his wife dies and there's a funeral where everyone disrespects him. And at the same time, like a baby is born next door. So it is like the juxtaposition of life and death. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the theme throughout the movie. There, there's weird elements like that that come out through the movie. Like that that's something I didn't even notice where you're like, where people could get tricked into thinking this is a pretty good movie. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's heavy themes, you know. Yeah. There's uh, this guy, you know, being super racist learning to like accept this community you could see why in 2008 people yes. thought this was a really artfully done yeah. movie and if the dialogue was more human it's and, so bad and if it wasn't so brutally racist yeah if there weren't so many slurs per minute in this movie you know it did have the bones of a good movie yeah it had some it had some some good bones uh but i, I do want to go back to this basement scene just uh-huh. to like yeah, yeah, flesh yeah. that out <laughs> 
So yeah, this you know this twenty year old girl. She brings him down to this basement where all the kids are hanging out in this uh, mung house, and this really attractive girl comes up to him and she's like, "So yeah, my my friends are wondering like what you're doing down here." And then I feel like what he says is like, "Uh, what 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 do I do?" Uh, he goes, he goes, like, "What am I doing here?" Yeah, what am I doing here? <laughs> he's just like the mysterious new kid at school. He is. There's a there's a point where he's like leaning on the dryer and he like <laughs> like stumbles like as if he would look awkward it's like dude you don't look awkward because people don't think you're cool you look awkward because you're an 80 year old white guy hanging out in a basement full of monk teenagers (laughs) and you're drunk and you're drunk you're You're wasted the the only reason you're there in the first place is one it's your birthday so you're getting drunk alone on your porch yeah and then you ran out of booze yeah so you go over and you're just you're just kind of mining more alcohol and uh yeah she was like what do you do and he goes what do i do i fix things i fix things (laughs) And then he goes over to uh, the other like main co-star of the movie, which is this younger Asian dude. Um, I forget I forget his name in the movie, but basically he's like he's like you know that girl that girl I was talking yeah. to. She's into you. Why don't you talk to her? His name is Tao. It's hard Tao. to it's hard to remember people's names because he he just calls them slurs. The he whole calls time. them whatever he wants. He, he, he calls, calls them Toad. The he whole movie. To- he calls them like twenty different slurs, so that, it's hard to remember anyone's name. That would be funny on IMDb if it was Toad. It's like yeah, well Clint Clint just that's what he remembered from the movie. <laughs> um. Anyway, weird movie. Yeah. Uh, there, there was an article by that came out in 2021 by B. Vang, who plays Tao. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just him talking about, like, yeah, I I don't support the use of slurs in this movie, especially, like, this was during COVID and a lot of in- anti-Asian hate crimes were happening. And he was basically saying in this op-ed piece that, you know, this type of casual racism towards Asian people at this time kind of led to people being racist in this very like explicit way mm-hmm. during covid and it's a it's a well-written article but it got yeah. picked up by people like ben shapiro and other like online it's just nerds right who picked up this article and they were like he's he's backtracking this movie made him rich it's like dude i don't think it made him rich or famous <laughs> um but it's a pretty good article it is good um it's nice to kind of see people who are a part of the project come out and say that because that's how i feel now yeah i feel like i feel both gross and i feel good um at the like my difference in opinion of this movie i feel gross that i ever watched that i was like yeah uh we we all did to be fair yeah everybody everybody i'm not better than the year 2008 and um so I feel we were going through a financial crisis. We w- we would have we would have watched anything, you know. It was a vulnerable time for me. It was a vulnerable time for everyone. <laughs> we were worried about the banks. I was worried about the banks. Uh-huh, yeah. Of course. So you know, I was susceptible to things like this. This is our first non-heist movie. How does that feel? It's not good, honestly. <laughs> I I want to just go back to heist movies. <laughs> just um, the safe ecosystem of heist movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Gran Torino. I mean, there's, we did. there's more to talk about, but that's, I think not that's really, <laughs> that's enough. It's enough. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, you're right. It was a good look into the brain of maybe a Republican, an old school Republican. Yeah. And I was telling you, so I went back home to, I'm from Vancouver, Washington, which mm-hmm. is cl- close to Portland, Oregon, basically. It's like kind of a, it's like a suburb slash like half rural almost, like mm-hmm. it gets into the woods almost. And one of my neighbors growing up was, uh, <laughs> he was like really nice, but he's like, he became a Trump supporter uh, when that, like when Trump got popular. And so now he's like kind of racist now. And he's like my grand Torino, basically, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, but he didn't like fight in a war. He just like, he just drove a truck for Frito <laughs> for a long time. You know what? That's the front lines to me. That's, that is front lines. Yeah. I don't respect a guy who went to Korea more than a guy who drove a truck for the whole time. He's he's less cool than Clint Eastwood's like character in every way possible though. Sure. Because like Clint Eastwood, you know, he smokes cigarettes and he like shoots gun he has like a gun. My neighbor my neighbor just like, you know, vapes and gets mad about people driving too fast in the neighborhood. If if Clint Eastwood was actually your neighbor, you would be able to just call the police on him immediately. Oh yeah, I would have him arrested. You'd have to have him arrested because he's pulling out vintage guns on people. He's using his like rifle yeah. from the war and he's had 12 beers that day and he's just like sticking it in everyone's Get face. Get off my lawn. <laughs> what yeah, what he's doing is a crime. 
Because he bring he brings his like pistol in his car with him and like shoves it into people's faces. <laughs> he does. He just like he just like points his gun at people. He's yeah. a loose cannon. But every single time he points his gun at somebody, it garners respect. It, people like him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. That's that's reality, right? <laughs> now that he's pulled a gun on me and I know he's the real deal, I can see eye to eye with this man. Yeah. But yeah. So you were back and. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm Did you ex- see him? Did you see this family? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh-huh. it's weird because it's, you know, we've known them for a long time. So, like, they're still, like, kind of, we're still, you know, cordial with them or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's in- been interesting over the years. Like, they were so normal up until mm-hmm. Trump and then they got racist. Yeah. And now they're, it, it was a time, now they're old mm-hmm. and annoying. Yeah. And racist. It, and it's just a bad trifecta. They're past the point of no return. Kind of. Are, are they yeah. retired? Yeah, yeah. I retired. think there's something about retirement where you just kind of turn on Fox News just for 12 hours a day and it is just like your pacifier. And yeah. you just kind of hear the same things over and over again. And um, yeah, I've, I've noticed that about Fox News that people aren't really watching it as much as it's just like on. Yeah. Totally, um, and it's it's just pumping. It, it, I always thought it was funny because like my mom voted for Trump, and also mm-hmm. like m- not my aunt, but my my dad also voted for Trump too. Mm-hmm. And I'd be funny to have them have a conversation, and be like, "Yeah, you know, we voted for the same guy." <laughs> you know, it wouldn't register in yeah. his brain. Yeah, I I think like once you commit to like listening to like soft propaganda all day, your brain turns to mush. Yeah, that's his that's his hobby. Yeah. Well, um, you want to get some news articles? Yeah, should we talk about the modern world? Yeah, let's do it. Um, this is the the one that I'm most interested in is uh, Evgeny Prigozhin. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you attempted to say it. Yeah, so I'll just call him Evgeny because that's easier to say. But he was the leader of the Wagner Group, which was a private military group for um, that was fighting on behalf of Russia in the Ukraine. There's a whole crazy story about this where... He defected. He had a mutiny against Putin. He mm-hmm. came back. He took over a, a city in Russia and then got back to Moscow. And then something weird happened. And he was like, hey, uh, I, I was wrong. Putin right. was right. <laughs> right. And then Putin apparently let him go and just let him do his thing. It was all a part of the plan. Very mafia stuff. Yeah. Where like you don't let somebody know that you're about to whack them. Yeah. I think he knew, though, the moment that he got back to moscow he was like i'm gonna die historically speaking that would be the conclusion you'd come to if you've worked with putin your whole life yeah you defied him and then you die so if if people want to know about the wagner group because i had to do some research for it the guy this guy evgeny was a professional caterer he owned catering businesses Mm -hmm. um that would like cater for uh putin basically and then somebody told me he owned like a hot dog business okay. of some sort. Anyway, he wasn't like a military guy, but right. he was the head of this uh private military group that's like apparently this kind of neo-Nazi super right-wing uh private military group that it's basically a proxy for everything Russia wants to do because mm-hmm. you know, they can't get sanctioned against if they're like, "Oh, it wasn't us. It was this private military group." Right. That, it's a loophole. It's a loophole, yeah. Um so he got he got shot down, I think. Like his his jet yeah. got shot down. That's the working theory. That's the working theory. There's also a theory that there was a bomb on the jet. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One where they are confident that the jet exploded and then crashed. So it was either shot out of the air by a missile or there was a bomb on the plane. Yeah. It, I, I heard something funny where they said some some of this guy named Kier Giles, he's a russian expert with like in international affairs he said like you know this might not be yevgeny because there's been multiple individuals who have changed their names to yevgeny Prigozhin as a part as a way to like throw people off to where he's been traveling sure so it could be a decoy which would sure. be re- really funny that cool. would be hilarious it would be cool you got to feel so good about yourself if you start leaving decoys out there who's signing up to be his decoy after the mutiny you know who's like yeah sure i'll i'll change my name to your name people with no options people with no options. people with no options let's be honest if i was in the wagner group that would be my job <laughs> you'd be a decoy i mean being a decoy would actually be like a very cool job for a while because you really don't do anything yeah. you just go places 
you're a decoy you get to travel you just travel yeah you just go places and you're and people do kind of have to listen to you like mm-hmm. they can't just be like well you're the decoy be like yeah well right now i'm your boss it, exactly you know? if you want this fucking decoy to work yeah then you need to respect me i would abuse the decoy job a lot you start making policy as the decoy absolutely yeah (laughs) i would try to convince people i'm the real one at a certain point yeah that is such a good evil decoy move to eventually be like no you're the decoy and you're the decoy (laughs) no you're the decoy yeah (laughs) it'd be funny if it was me i look nothing like this russian guy everybody's like we know it's not you you know that right i would be ecstatic if it comes out that the decoy was the one who got taken by the way there are no theories that it wasn't putin who attempted to kill him there's like there's not one journalist who's like maybe it was an accident yeah everybody thinks that putin took this plane down it'd be very cool if it was a decoy yeah i i want to see i want to see the yacht the rise of yevgeny i want to see i want to see what happens because you know he he did this mutiny it Mm -hmm. didn't work out he had to beg for forgiveness, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Maybe got killed, but if he didn't get killed and he comes back, oh man, that's a good that's a good sequel. It really is a good sequel. And like the origins of he was a hot dog guy. Yeah. And now and now he's he's got decoys tricking Putin. Mm-hmm. Um very cool. Exciting. I want to see him get back to his roots of catering, though. You know? That's what I I want to see a third act like Thanos. Maybe that's know? yeah, maybe that's what he comes back and does. Like maybe this decoy is like, I'm finally released. <laughs> from my dealings with the kremlin he's just and i can get back to my hot dogs yeah (laughs) that's all he ever wanted i always wanted to fake my own death and get back to the hot dogs it's all about that i'd like to just be next to him on the plane and he's just like i should have stuck with the hot dogs i should (laughs) you know there must have been a point um i think it's interesting that he's kind of in the neo-nazi category yeah and then uh, Putin uh, praised him recently for fighting against the neo-Nazi Ukrainian regime. Yeah, I they're both. Everyone's I, like, "You're a Nazi." No, you're a Nazi. I know that we do that in American politics, where the mm-hmm. left and the right will accuse each other of being Hitler, or like being right. Nazis. But which is weird now because the right does have actual Nazis in them. But uh, right. yeah, I didn't know that that stuff happened in other parts mm-hmm. of the world. I guess. Yeah, I guess cool. Nazi is just such an easy evil. Uh, name to tag on people yeah and so your enemy is a nazi okay um and the ukrainian army does have some nazis in it and to be fair to them every military has nazis in it that's true it's a very attractive job to a nazi for nazis the only military that i know of in the world right now that does not have nazis is germany yeah that's the only one that's the only one they have got they've got a pretty strict um they're the only one with a no Nazi clause. Yeah. Oh, you know how the times have changed. <laughs> in the future, every military will have Nazis in it, except for Germany. Except for Germany. <laughs> Imagine telling Hitler that, and he's like, oh, okay, I can work with that. Yeah, Some sure. of my dreams are being realized. <laughs> Not in the way I expected, but sure. Um, anything else on that? Should we move on? Yeah, we can move on. Um, Do you I want to talk about the new... Uh, Republican candidate that just dropped. Yeah, I do. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, and I say knew he just dropped, as in I found out about him last week, yeah. and it seems like a few weeks before that he had a soft launch on podcasts like Bill Maher and Jordan Peterson. Okay, to give you an idea of where he wants to soft launch, he's he's a Rogan. He's a he's a podcast mm-hmm. candidate. He that's where a- all great candidates started, <laughs> right? Podcasts. He he's uh yeah he's a far right young he's the youngest uh Republican candidate ever yeah and maybe um, we can get him if he's doing all these podcasts I see no reason why we can't get him to come on here and talk yeah um seems smart he's, um, he's Harvard educated he went to Harvard which does not mean you're smart but no it but, does but not this guy does seem uh smart yeah he went to Harvard um where he was a libertarian rapper in his free time yeah. And then he did go to Yale uh, Law School. Let's not brush over the libertarian. Let's not brush Why? over the Everyone rap. Everyone has a libertarian rap phase. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, he rapped at the Iowa State Fair. He did. So he, it's not like it was a phase. I guess he's still in his libertarian rap phase. He's still doing it. You sent me a video of him rapping to, uh-huh. was it Lose Yourself by Eminem? Yeah, he, Eminem fan. And he, he, he rapped it well. Yeah. 
for whatever what's that whatever that's worth you know he's been doing it for 20 years yeah he's just knows that one song <laughs> he's just, also is this guy this guy's doing like drag he just like he just does other people's songs well see this is what we're trying to really get into the the deep research it's hard the internet um has not he scrubbed um, it he might have scrubbed. He scrubbed his originals. They say that he's always done like Eminem impersonations, but he's also got his own libertarian raps. Um, we cannot find those. Yet. Wait, wait. They're they're <laughs> when he was in college. They're political. He, he was a libertarian, and he was libertarian focused raps. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so much better than I thought. Yeah. I thought he was just happened to be no libertarian and Mm-mm. okay. Yeah, he doesn't sell uh, separate politics from rap. Yeah. He can't rap uh, libertarian is like uh no government right yeah pretty much okay i want to i want to hear what that rap sounds like i don't believe the the u.s government should not get involved is he is he is he like i don't know is <laughs> i don't know what kind of rap he's into i just know his politics at this point yeah i mean his politics are, are pretty vicious um and he's even claimed he's he's very uh will he rap at the debates that's what we want to know you know we didn't watch the debate last night it's hard to say but it's possible that <laughs> he might have rapped last night yeah <laughs> would fox news cut that out i don't know one thing he he hasn't he didn't vote until like three years ago and now he's like a very pro-trump guy mm. and i think he's just a pro-trump guy because that's the only answer for a republican candidate at this point you got to be pro-Trump to get Trump voters. He's just trying to get the, he's, uh, yeah, the runoff mm-hmm. of, yeah. He's like one of those, uh, he's like one of those fish that swims under the nurse shark. Kinda. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's yes. just trying to get the runoff. I, I think that he is kind of waiting in the Trump shadow saying, Trump's great. Trump's great. Yeah. Damn. Turns out Trump's in prison and can't be the president. Maybe it should be me. Yeah. He, ha- he has said that he would not be somebody's vice president. He's a number one. Oh, he did say I'm that? a number one guy. That's kind of cool. It is kind of badass. Yeah. Um, the thing about him, um, it reminds me a little bit of Elon Musk, is that uh, he claims to be a scientist, and he says that he's developed a lot of drugs, but he just he just like funds drugs. He's a he he made his a fortune. He's a very uh, he's rich. He's rich. Uh, he made his money in pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. Okay. Investing. Okay. So he's got some. Invest, investing he's not in, even he's investing in them yeah he's not yeah. doing he's so far f- removed from being a scientist he's a financial guy he's a finan- finance yeah. guy but he's also a scientist <laughs> who developed some drugs he developed some drugs yeah what did he fucking roofies in harvard <laughs> <laughs> yeah i developed some drugs all right well we're, we're on vivek watch uh as we gear up um, towards the elections I, I, I want to say one more he's, he's very uh, savvy with words he feels like a debate nerd where he's going to beat <laughs> he's going to like beat you with semantics yeah uh, one thing that he said last night uh, I didn't watch of course but I know that he said this climate change agenda is a hoax and that's like a good choice of words to not say climate change is a hoax oh he said agenda the agenda <laughs> is a hoax so he's just trying to walk a tightrope of appealing to people who want to hear that climate change is fake and looking at liberals and being like, I'm still right. Look at me. The agenda is fake, though. That doesn't even make sense. Like, It if, makes no sense. So why? why <laughs> then okay, though, then we're not worried about it. <laughs> oh, great. The agenda isn't real. So good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, he had another one, too, that he said. I forgot what it was, but... Um... Oh, his whole religion. So he. This is the thing that can, when you like brought this up to me, I I was so confused because he's uh, Hindu. Yep. But his he has commandments apparently. Yeah, he has commandments for what seemed to be like his political That's platform. His platform, yeah. And uh, he's Hindu, but personally believes in one God. And his first commandment is God is real. <laughs> yeah. Which is religiously intolerant to me. Yeah. Who believes that God is fake? Right. Um, but God is real kind of in- includes the monotheistic religions and Hindu. He's also said there's one God, right? He believes in one God. He believes in one God. But on his but commandments. But that's just so that people won't be like, but I, you're Hindu, right? Don't you guys Don't you guys have like a bunch of gods? Don't you guys have hundreds of gods? <laughs> it's like he just wants to get out of that conversation. Yeah. yeah. What he's saying is, yes, and I have one of them. 
One of them. I I only believe in one of them. I don't know. He's yeah. basically saying I'm Hindu, but trust me, it's ex- it's I'm it's, even it's more a, Christian than you are. Yeah, that's is, what he's saying. Is what he's saying. And it's like we talked about Ben Shapiro uh, a little bit so far. Um, he's kind of in that same camp of being like, you're not a white Christian, so you can get away with like this religious intolerance in a way that maybe a white Christian can't. Okay. That's that's what he's explicitly saying. He's like, I'm gonna work. Because you can't call me uh, a white Christian fascist. Got it. All right. Well, We're I'm, on in- watch. I'm interested in seeing what this guy does next. Uh, I wanted to talk about the North Korea spy satellite fail. <laughs> so, do you notice that like, I, I, you, you always hear articles once every three months about it's like, hey, they tried a nuke, it didn't work. None of, yeah. Nothing they do works. Very rarely. The the headline for this was funny because it was something like North North Korea acknowledges that their second spy satellite failed. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they 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 have this habit of launching stuff, failing, and then like admitting to it and being like, "That didn't work, but we're gonna keep trying." They might be the most honest uh, government we got right now. <laughs> North Korea, yeah. We keep fucking up. Not to their <laughs> not to the people inside the country, but to everybody outside. No, I don't know. Like, I they probably learned about a successful launch. That's true. Hey, can, hey, can you not tell everyone here, but just so you guys know, it didn't work. Yeah. There it there is something so suspicious about mentioning your spy activities. Yeah. It's like, "Hey, we were trying to spy, uh, but it didn't work, so don't worry, so we're not spying." Yeah, there's nothing going on here. Sounds like you're spying. Yeah. So South Korea, this is the second one that they've launched, I think, this year that failed. Uh And South Korea, South Korea's military recovered some of the debris after the first launch. And they said in early June that the North Korean satellite that they found wasn't advanced enough to conduct military reconnaissance. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if anything that they're making is valuable. And also, a spy satellite, this is from an article, a spy satellite is among an array of high-tech weapons that Kim Jong-un has publicly vowed to acquire. <laughs> he keeps making <laughs> promises that he's going to like, he's like, I'm going to get all this stuff. Because it's like bargaining chips for him yeah. with the U.S. where he's like, well, mm-hmm. I have all these weapons, so you bet you guys better give me what I want. Um, so other weapons on his wish list are a multi-warhead missile, <laughs> nuclear power he's got a wish list like this is his, his, it's like made out to santa this is for santa <laughs> this is what he asked <laughs> santa i want a multi-warhead missile a nuclear powered submarine this is stuff that a kid would ask for a, mul- <laughs> a nuclear powered submarine and a solid propellant intercontinental ballistic missile and this is the last one a hypersonic missile <laughs> <laughs> Which just seem like you would see in a toy commercial. Yeah, he's just like kind of putting cool words together in front of missile. It's the GI Joe hypersonic missile. <laughs> That's really what he wants. Like, we just need to get him toys. We should. We just need to get him stuff that doesn't actually work, and then like <laughs> the video shows it working, and it's just like destroying like a, a bunch of toy soldiers. It's interesting that he's like a missile guy. We talked about the Rainbow Sheik being a car guy. Yeah. Kim Jong-un is like the only guy in the world who's like, his passion is just missiles. His pa- yeah, his passion is just, yeah, uh, ballistics, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's his. And it's really only available to some people Yeah, to make your whole thing about missiles. I wonder if he paints his face. It's like the, you know, like they used to paint uh, beautiful women or like. Yeah, on, on like bomber on planes. Bomber. I wonder if it's just like him kind of laying out wearing a thong. I hope so. Yeah, wearing sunglasses. <laughs> I hope so. And everybody's like, hey, uh, is that Psy from Gungam Style on that <laughs> missile? <laughs> um, there's something about Kim Jong-un's father that I love. Kim Jong-il, he played golf once, and he recorded uh, the greatest score in history. He had like five hole-in-ones. And uh, I, I believe him. You do? Yeah, because okay. golf is a game of honor. Yeah. And everybody and, in North Korea has attested to say that, yes, Kim Jong-il shot a 40-something. Yeah. And who am I? Who are you to say that he who didn't am do I? that? So the greatest golf round ever recorded was recorded by Kim Jong-il. If they're being this honest about their satellite fails and about their nuclear missile fails, That's right. then if they're going to admit that 
this spy satellite failed, then he is a hundred percent honest in saying that he got five hole in ones. Why would he lie? How could he lie? How could he? How could he even lie? He played golf with other people. People were there that day. Yeah, Dennis Rodman uh, confirmed. Was he <laughs> friends with Kim Jong Il? Probably not. He, he th- th- that was all after. He I died. think so. I think Kim Jong Un is the guy who likes basketball mm. and missiles. Yeah. Well, it's good to see North Korea in the news every now and then. It is nice. It's nice just to. It's nice to be like, oh, how are you guys? Check like, in check with in. our What's incompetent little brother. Mm-hmm. Sad for the people who have to live there. Yes, but for the people who don't, it's fun. It's nice to not be threatened by you. <laughs> no. It's nice to know things are still not working out per usual. <laughs> most um, honest country in America. The, the most honest country. North Korea is North America. <laughs> Um, do you want to do a couple more? Yeah, let's do some more. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to talk about, I'll give you an option. Do you want to talk about the Maui Miracle House or do you want to talk about skip lagging? Oh, let's talk about skip lagging. Yeah, let's do skip lagging. So, um, last week American Airlines filed a lawsuit against uh, a website called skiplag.com, I think is what it's called in federal court. So basically what skip lagging is, I'll just read it from the article. It's like, say a passenger wants to travel from New York to Charlotte, North Carolina but the nonstop route is really expensive. So instead, they'll book a cheaper flight that takes them from New York to Denver with a layover in Charlotte. And then rather than fly all the way to Denver, they simply get off in North Carolina and ditch the rest of the ticket. So yep. you just you just get off early and then you don't get on the second flight. Right. So the system is created and people have found a way to game the system. Yeah. And the airlines are upset. They're mad because they We beat like, them at their own game. We beat them at their own game and they're pissed <laughs> off about it. By the way, this is not illegal. You're totally allowed to do this no, if you want to. We've talked about this. It makes you a great passenger. It does. To yeah. only use half of your ticket, that means everybody else on the flight. You've bought your ticket. You're good to the other pass. Yeah, you bought your ticket. You bought your ticket and then you take up zero oxygen on the plane. You're the perfect passenger. But American Airlines is mad because it's like, but now we have an empty seat and we demand to sell every seat. We could have filled that seat. Well, you tried and you sold me a cheaper ticket to not fly on this plane. You lose. You lost the game that you made. Yeah. And they're upset about it. I mean, just all airlines suck, right? Nobody likes airlines right now. No. Ever. Never. Pretty much. Um, What was the last airlines that people actually like? Pan Am? (laughs) There was something called Skybus. Oh, okay. And uh, it's like a modern thing, and people were like, whoa, you can fly for like 50 bucks to blah, 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 and then it like went bankrupt immediately. That's kind of like, it's like the movie pass. Of, it's a movie pass. Yeah, it yeah. failed. The only good flying, it was a, not a viable business. We, we should make movie pass for, for flying. Yeah. <laughs> you can fly as much as you want just on this airline. I think it would work because think about it. How much do people like fly? Actually, they don't fly that much, right? You got to stay in. You got to stay in one spot. You can't be cruising around the earth. No, you really can't be cruising around the earth. I feel like the people who fly the most are doing it for business. Yeah, and they are are that relationship between the airlines and like big business. I think is more solid than a retail customer. Yeah, well, that's my first rule though: no business. <laughs> only <for laughs> only <pleasure>. leisure. <laughs> You can fly anywhere and you want, but you have to promise you will not conduct business. It's only for leisure. Um, and I'm not going to go to like, it's going to go only to specific cities. Like, yeah. This is going to take you to Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Rhode Island. Uh-huh. And then I guess you can go to Louisville if you want. Yeah. And those those three uh, towns yeah. um, can just... Their tourism department can help yes. subsidize this. Yeah, it sh- it you sh- want people to come and do some tourism in Des Moines? Yeah. You're helping to pay for flights. Yeah. Lincoln, is Lincoln, Nebraska is subsidizing half your flight <laughs> just because they need people to come here. If they do it, I'll participate. I'll go. You'll, you'll take on the movie pass of uh-huh. airlines. Mm-hmm. We'll call it air pass, maybe. Air pass. I'll be there. Yeah. That's a, no, that's a good, that's a good slogan. <laughs> Air pass. I'll be there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, cool. Do you want to do? Should we get into our next segment? Our first annual segment. Yeah, our first annual. Yeah, segment. we should. We we have an annual segment, um, and I'm excited about it. And this pod. This is only episode three, but. 
there's been an annual amount of research that has gone into this. Yeah. Um, first annual segment, worst business of the year. Um, there are some contenders. Yeah. Some people who did not claim the title of worst business of the year. One of them to start Ocean Gate. Ocean Gate. Yeah. Ocean Gate, the company that sent the submarine that imploded near the Titanic. Yeah. Uh, not a good business. No. One of the worst businesses of the year. But here's the thing. People signed a paper that said, if I die, I die. Yeah. So really five people went and died on an adventure. I don't think they're going to get sued. I haven't looked into this at all, but I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that that was all part of the game that they decided in a a business sense. They're, they're quite good actually. Yeah. Yeah. In a business sense, everything kind of went according to plan. This was on the table Yeah. and it didn't impact a large amount of people. And if we're being honest, it was hilarious. It was funny. So because it's funny, they do not (laughs) because (laughs) So yeah, they they, they are a runner up of, of, of this year's yeah. um, worst business of the year. Another business in consideration, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter has been deteriorating over yeah. the past year, uh, purchased by Elon Musk and lost billions of dollars in value. One reason that I don't think Twitter can be considered for this award is because I think there's a real chance Twitter is bad on purpose. Yeah. I think it was... Uh, an egalitarian social platform that had value um, and kind of promoted people's voices based off of uh, quality um, and engagement. And now Twitter, each month, that kind of gets chipped away. Um, But I think after the first tweet, I think that idea, (laughs) I think that's where Twitter started. And then the more people started tweeting, it was like, oh, nope, never mind. So disqualified again yeah. from, from our consideration for worst business of the year because maybe it's just trash on purpose. It and maybe be, maybe, yeah. it, maybe it serves a greater purpose to be trash. Our winner of 2023, worst business of the year, Ocean Fathoms. Ocean Fathoms. A hilariously bad business. Ocean Fathoms... Let me get to it because they're so bad at everything that I had to write it down. There's a lot. We, we did a lot of research on this. <clears throat> Ocean Fathom, we found out about it because they got, um, they had to settle, essentially. They they um, pleaded guilty to misdemeanors. Um, they are under fire from the FDA. This is a, a wine-making company. So the FDA says this is no good. Yeah. What you're doing is unsanitary and straight up disrespectful. You got to be pretty bad for the FDA to come down <laughs> on you. They are getting heat from the EPA because, would you believe it, they get wine bottles from other companies and then stick them in the ocean for a year. That's right. And that's the whole process. They stick them in the ocean and they say it speed ages the wine. It speed ages the wine. It speed ages the wine and the wine gets covered in like uh, shells and corals. Barnacles. Bullshit. But- an ecosystem that they create and then extract. Yes. Basically to be like the same way that like people get patchwork tattoos to seem interesting. Yeah. That's what they're doing to their wine bottles. They bring these bottles out from the ocean. They're covered in shells and barnacles and stuff. And then pe- it's it basically it's, it's fake shipwreck wine. It's fake shipwreck wine. And the thing is people, when they're buying this stuff, they know that it's only been in there for a year, but mm-hmm. because the bottles look old at that point, people right. are like, Oh my God, that's 10. A, that was a 10 year aging process when it was under the water. Right. It's an Instagram bottle of wine. If there ever was it's one, it's an Instagram bottle of wine that they sell at the most for $500 a bottle. Yeah. It's crazy. Huge markup. I think one thing that's important to be the worst business of the year is you have to have some really trash customers to keep you afloat. Yeah. Anybody who's willing to participate in your business has to be pretty big scumbag themselves. It's crazy that they didn't go out of business from ha- not people not buying it. Right. It's such a bad business idea. That's what should make it bad. Yeah. But, but they got caught and they, mm-hmm. they, they broke the law. Basically. They broke the law. Yeah. The IRS is also upset that they didn't pay taxes. Okay. So... Every government agency. Correct. They kind of hit every box, including the EPA, which is a pretty impressive box to hit as a wine company. As a wine company? (laughs) The ocean people are mad at you. 
Yeah. One of the most offensive things about Ocean Fathoms when you go on their website, they can't stop talking about how good their branding is. Yeah, they're like, this is amazing branding. Not this is, not talking about the quality of the wine or mm-hmm. the the product itself. Yeah, no, this is they call it uh, their wine disruptive, which is one of my least favorite words to use in business. Me too. Disruptive and interesting. I've never met a person that I that was disruptive that I liked. Why is that? <laughs> why has that become a like a, a terminology in business that it's such a use? tech term? It is a tech term. And we're gonna take this business. And we're going to flip it on its head. It is disruptive. Everyone was doing it and we came in and we made a disruption. Like a kid, like a kid, <laughs> like a kid is being mean to the teacher, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They're interrupting class. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they call themselves a good brand. I don't know any product that calls themselves a good brand. Can you do that? You can, um, <laughs> but doesn't it like kill the magic of what a branding is supposed to be? Isn't branding supposed to be this idea of like, I'm selling this to you and we're pretending that I'm not selling anything to you and that it's cool. That's right. Yeah. you sh- If you are a good brand, I don't think the word branding should ever come up. It is very like Trump, right? Yes. It is very Trumpy. Maybe it's because of Trump that people do stuff like this now where they're like, it's a, it's a great brand, you know? Maybe so. Brand. It's yeah. Trumpian language. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, your customers are dumb. So if you put that we have great branding on our website, they're like, man, this is great branding. I would love if Trump bought one of these bottles. That would be amazing. I actually would love to get one of these bottles. I think they're probably even more expensive and rare now, especially once this episode drops. Mm Mm-hmm. We yeah, should look into seeing how much we can get a bottle for. We should see if we can get one on the gray market. We uh, that'd be so awesome. The government made them destroy two thousand bottles, yeah. which one of the best government actions I've heard of in recent weeks is that the government were like they they sized this operation up and they were like this is this is maybe one of the most disrespectful bottles of wine I've ever seen. I I have an idea. I have a business idea for us. Okay. <clears throat> We go, we go to 7-Eleven, we get a bunch of yellowtail, barefoot wine, whatever the cheapest thing is. Yeah. We go down to Marina Del Rey. Yep. We go seashell collecting. Mm-hmm. We grab a bunch of those, mm-hmm. okay? Get some sand dollars, get some super glue. We make our own shipwreck wine. And I like we that. we say that it's, it's Ocean Fathoms. It's Ocean Fathoms. That's kind of brilliant. We counterfeit their wine. Who's going to stop us? Who's going to hurt us? Not them. Not them. If you're worst yeah. business of the year, by the way, they also have a video on their website yeah. that's like the first two, three minutes. It's just like a fantastical nautical. I think it's just waves lapping on the shore. It's like a song. Um, yeah. We're going to steal your song. We're going to steal it and we're going to play it. Your worst business of the year, that song's ours now. That's ours now. Yep. It's public domain. And we are going to start counterfeiting your wine, and <laughs> we're going to start selling bottles of wine with glued sea junk on it. <laughs> Just like seaweed. Just disgusting. Speed aged. Speed aged. Yeah. They do claim you, they stick it in the ocean for a year, and they said it's actually 10 years. They, <laughs> they yeah. <laughs> they, they, they got some guy who just, every the few people who work there just look like pretentious uh scum no they're terrible it's it's three guys basically so one of them is like a seasoned diver uh-huh he's like an italian uh scuba diver the the second guy is just some santa barbara fucking dork mm-hmm. uh just like some probably rich kid who grew up in california that's like a surfer guy and he's like yeah we know i, I just thought this was a great idea yeah a and permanently the, retired type of guy and then the third guy is french which need i say more um, <laughs> He's French. He's from Burgundy, and he like knows wine. He knows wine, and yeah. he like moved to L.A. And then somebody approached him. He was probably just like a fancy wine guy in the scene. And someone approached him and was like, "We need your image it's too, for this brand." It's too easy for me to be like, "Well, he's French. He sucks." You know what specifically sucks about this guy? It, it's he's a French guy that moved to L.A. <laughs> Worst French people in the world. Never met a French person that moved to L.A. that I liked. Okay, I'll stand by suck. that. So they have something funny on their website where they say, um, when combined with the salt water, the metals uh, that they use to build the cages create an... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> genuine. Uh, they create an, an underwater battery that discharges electricity through the water, water and the bottles of wine, <clears throat> which apparently ionizes the tannins. Uh-huh. I, am, is anything I'm saying mean anything? <laughs> Half of this is coming from memory, and that pisses me <laughs> off, you know? Um, so, ionizes I, the tannins. I just want to say, and I don't think we mentioned this, 
putting bottles of wine in the ocean does not super age them like they talked to a wine expert and they were like putting bottles of wine at the bottom of the water has the same exact effect as putting in a wine cellar so it's like when when on the website when they're describing they're like the ocean is perfect for aging wine because there's no uv radiation and it's stored in a cool temperature controlled place oh you mean like a wine cellar you mean like a wine cellar where we've been doing it for years yeah they're doing anything they're pretending that putting it in the ocean makes the wine uh better somehow no, it just makes the bottle look fucking dumb exactly yeah exactly the only reason they're sticking those bottles it's in the ocean the is just for the shells it's just for the shells <laughs> it's just for the shells and dude. then you get a one of one nature created yeah yeah no you don't want this bottle of wine uh, a shark stuck it in its pussy <laughs> and um <laughs> yeah no this is uh used as a dildo so it's pretty pretty good wine actually <clears throat> yeah so yeah choked a porpoise uh it choked a porpoise to death and then yeah that's this is the porpoise wine <laughs> i want a bottle so bad now no now that they're worst business of the year i know what I'm, i know what our logo should be okay theirs is the scuba diver which sucks ours i want an octopus holding eight bottles of wine <laughs> I want to. I want an octopus holding eight bottles of wine, <laughs> fucking eight porpoises in the, the blowhole. <laughs> what you want is high art. I want high art. <clears throat> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. So you know what? Hands down, worst business of the year. Honored to report on such a prestigious annual segment. Excited yeah. for next year. Yeah. Maybe I'll draft up uh, after this. Maybe I'll draft up like a, an award image or something. Sure. And draw something. We can, we, we can, can grant it to them. Grant it to them. Yeah. 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 And in that we can send them a note that says, we steal your stuff now. <laughs> we take your song. In we take word. your bad idea. We, we sell barefoot wine with glued on shells. Yeah. Incomplete sentences. Uh, just the worst grammar. And then like, <laughs> like, like cut out like a serial killer from magazine letters and stuff. I love it. We take your wine. We take your wine. Yeah. And they'll survive. They got a strong brand. You know what would happen if we sent them that? They'd be like, we like these guys. We got to get these guys on board. And then it's going to be our two photos uh, on the website. <laughs> We were now like co-founders of their their yeah. next uh, iteration of Ocean Fathoms. So the next we should, you know, the the ocean is done. We know that we can't age wine in the ocean anymore. You're gonna get sued. You're gonna mm -hmm. you're gonna go to jail. Maybe mm -hmm. we got to think about what's next for these rich people that want right. crazy stuff. I'm thinking um, uh, maybe a wine that we send to the Earth's core. I like that. Uh, we send it to space. We send it to space. That we was, send it to space. That was another idea. Yeah, space wine. Send some... Have you ever drank wine that experienced zero gravity? <laughs> just like it aged, It ages it 30 years. <laughs> the bottle's just like floating in space. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, we, yeah, we, we've partnered with SpaceX, and uh, we ship 2,000 bottles in a crate, um, an ionized uh, yeah. metal crate up... Up to space. It's easy. We send it, you know, like when the rich guys, when all those pedophiles go to space, we uh -huh. send it up with them and they kind of just, they, they, they take it with them. So it's like a really easy <laughs> pro We get it discounted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then our wine experience, zero gravity, which of course ages at a hundred years. Yeah. So I'm we're on to something. <laughs> I'm making the website right now. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that was fun. That was it? Yeah. I think that's it. That was great. Cool. All right. See you next time. See you next time.